WNHH Radio's High Haven, a program about everything Jewish in our community. Today we are joined in the studio by two active members of Jewish organizations who are helping fulfill a whole bunch of mitzvot. They're making sure that kids and adults in our community are fed and cared for on a large scale. Say good morning to Deborah Epstein, founder of a program called Food for Kids. That's with the number four. And Jonathan Garfinkel, CEO and Executive Director of Jewish Family Services, which does a lot, including that program. A lot more you're going to be hearing about in this hour. And we want to do a special thanks to Yale New Haven Hospital for providing support for today's program. Welcome, Deborah, and welcome, Jonathan, to the WNHH studio. Thank you. Any I recognize the song we're playing? Tell say me. it. Something we. It's a jazz version of something we sing Saturday night when we have the braided candle going. Okay, tell them, Deb. <laughs> Eliyahu Hanavi, oh, okay. but done by the Afro-Semitic Experience, okay. which is a local group of black and Jewish musicians who do uh, liturgical music with a, with a modern beat. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, thanks for coming on the program. It's a Thank pleasure. You. Jewish Family Services has always been one of the great agencies in our community for a long time, decades now, and um, always has new challenges to meet. And then one of those new challenges is being met with this program, Food for Kids. One of the reasons we're talking about it today is there's a benefit for Food for Kids. This uh, coming Thursday, November 9th at 6.30 at Larico Towers at 216 Crown Street. They're going to be honoring Senator T- State Senator Ted Kennedy Jr. So he's going to be talking there and people are going to be raising money for a good cause. And a little later we'll talk about what else might be going on there that's fun. But first I want to talk about Food for Kids. This is a subject that we come back to at the New Haven Independent and WNHH. And it's really kind of sad about how many kids don't have food at home. I remember when my kids went to the New Haven Public Schools, the principal would tell me that she'd be so worried about, especially weekends or school vacations, what the kids were going to eat and would quietly pack a bag of food for them. And Deborah, I guess you and Jonathan through JFS have found a way to, on a larger scale, help to perform that task. So Food for Kids, I guess I understand it, you, pre- you do these bags of food that you prepare and deliver to students in New Haven every Thursday, ones who otherwise would not have food to eat over the weekend, correct? Yes. Yeah, we do it uh, throughout this school year. Um, my kids also went to the New Haven Public Schools uh, through elementary school, and they have the breakfast and subsidized lunch program. But as you said, on the weekends, they often they go home hungry or, you know, no food to eat. Uh, my husband and I if, uh, were down in New Orleans about, what is it, Jonathan, maybe six, seven years ago. About six years ago. Uh, we go every year to uh, uh, for business. And we were introduced. What month do you go? Pardon? What month do you go? Uh, in April. So is that too late for Mardi Gras, right? Uh, too late for Mardi Gras, but Jazz Fest. So not Rhythm Blues Festival either. No, but, so no. they have three. Okay. It's jazz, get, Fest jazz Fest and the, and the Golf Classic. So it's a, a business <laughs> trip. But they bring in different charity organizations. And this one was a national backpack program. And Rick and I, we lived in New Haven for 28 years and very involved in the community here and love it and our kids again they went through the public school and rick said gosh this is a a program you know this is something that new haven could really have we did not we're not aware that actually the connecticut food bank does something similar so we came up and we happened to see jonathan at a program actually at our house and jonathan runs jewish family services which has a whole food pantry where people deliver meals to homebound it's just it's a no-brainer and we were talking to jonathan and he said Yes. 
So, Deborah, this was seven or eight years ago. And, Deborah, I'm going to ask you if you don't mind to get a little bit close to the oh, mic. Sorry, sorry. Don't apologize. It's fine. Um, so, <laughs> you were down there in New Orleans for this uh, trip, and you noticed yes. they had a program where they packed backpacks for kids who didn't have food. Right. And you decided you wanted to do that here, and Jonathan said, let's go for it. And Yes. And well, first we did our research. We did. And we, what did we, you know, find? And so, you know, so we consulted with, um, you know, many of the schools in the, in the New Haven area. Um, and what we found is that the need was even greater than we ever could have dreamed it, 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 it might be, um, unfortunately. Um, about, uh, you know, in New Haven proper, um, about 22% um, of residents are food insecure, which is defined by the um, uh, U.S. Department of Agriculture as not having enough food to lead um, an active, healthy life. And that's all families in New Haven? And that's all families. Hey, when I heard the, it defined, the problem, we, we had the people from a Care or Cure, the group that's affiliated with Yale that goes out in the neighborhoods and does the, the surveys for, about food insecurity, and they also, yeah. I thought, meant they were, they miss at least one meal toward the end of the month, or they have to decide between paying rent oh, and, and buying yes. food. And, for- and that's and that, and that's and that's exactly what food insecurity means. It means it means basically having to make an impossible choice. And that they had to do ch- that at least once in the last thirty days, if Abs- I'm not mistaken. Right. Right. So that's twenty two percent of the entire city. Twenty two percent, and and children, um, that's more like twenty seven percent of the entire city of the of the entire city. Yeah, because obviously, like I live in Westville, and it's not twenty two or twenty seven percent of Westville. Yeah, no, I no. And but, I remember that study really but, concentrated but, on like you know five or six neighborhoods, like West River and the Hill and Fairhaven and West Rock, where it was well, much higher. No, no, no. That that's the entire city. You go into these the schools that we're serving right now, um, and you know it's 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 much more than fifty percent. Um, I that's mean, amazing. Need, so kids are missing meals. So what happens as a result when kids are coming to school? Yeah. And they not have gotten all their meals, and they're not going to get all their meals. What happens to them, and what happens to the school? The consequ- the consequences are grave um, in terms of um, develop meeting developmental milestones. Um, you know the chances of uh, you know having developmental delays. Um, and it's and, harder for them to sit still in school and learn for the day. Well, well that's the it's other. It's harder thing. for the teacher to keep order. It's harder for the yes. other kids to. And we've had we've actually had uh, teachers at the end of the year. We're in our fifth year now providing backpacks, which I can't yeah, believe. I know. Um, at the end of each year, we actually ask for feedback. And my daughter, the first year that we were doing this, my daughter Emily was a school counselor at East Rock Community Magnet School, which was the first school we went into. And we went to that school because it was easy she for us to get into the school. She and she had actually said. That there were kids, she was a K through eight school, which many of the magnet schools, if not all, this is when they were already in their, the new location, right? When it got rebuilt, uh, they were just. It's a nice school. So yeah. the first year she was not in the. They were, okay. I think, in transit. Right, a swing space. Yes, yeah. and Deborah, I'm going to ask you to get real close oh, to that mic, but but I don't apologize. You, you and, so let, let, let her but, finish the thought. But yeah. she, um, she would say to me that the kids were coming to her hungry, going home. She would have buy on her own granola bars, you know cookies, snacks on her desk for these kids. And that's when, you know, when we were doing, researching the program, I said to Jonathan, we can go into her school and do this. And anyway, getting back to, you know, knowing how it affects the kids, when we would do these surveys at the end of the school year, one of the things that the teachers did say, and it was not scientific, believe me, you know, we're not statisticians. They said that they noticed a remarkable difference in how the kids 
behaved, right. their grades that well, they could see. And this is just by is, giving. And this is every Friday you bring them? Um, they pass them out on Fridays. And now you said backpack. Does the kid well, get a backpack a, for the year or you give them a plastic we bag? Try, we tried that in the beginning to give um, very nice bags and it was very difficult to get them back. So then we we reverted to or changed to plastic um, grocery bags um, and I remember it that, works much better. I remember there was this challenge too about how you now stigmatize the kids. So I remember the principal I was talking to used to do it quietly. Yes. They didn't want the kid to go yeah. home and go home, hey, you get one yeah. of the bags. No, it's done how very do you, discreetly. The teachers, um, when Emily was doing it, she was actually putting them in the kids' lockers. Oh. Um, some of the teachers do the same or they just And what kind of food is in the backpack? Um, we have shelf-stable, non-perishable items. We actually uh, have really... I think very nice assortment of food. Um, we put a, a milk, you know, the um, it's about an eight ounce carton of shelf stable milk. Um, sometimes juice. We do a pasta. I can't. Everything is a pop top or easy open. We do sun butter because we can't do peanut items. Peanut items. What's uh, sun crackers. butter? It's a soy butter, like uh-huh. a peanut. But it tastes so you're like getting the protein. Okay. Protein. The pasta often has. Protein, good carbs. Um, we'll do a granola bar, um, fruit, whether it be applesauce or uh, fruit cup. You know the uh, Dole fruit. So cup So we started things. this out at East Rock Community Manager five years ago, and Jonathan, you said in some places more than half the kids needed it. Yeah, absolutely. So how did you physically do it? Would you have a group that came together on Thursday night and pack it all uh, together? We pack Monday mornings. We now have a solid group of five, six women. Who do it? Why is it always um, women in Jewish organizations? You, you know, ever noticed that, well, like doing the kiddish too? It's like not that? all. You know, it's not always. <laughs> Years ago, there was a program, Rachel's Table, and we had a lot of men volunteers. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm I don't not mean sure. to insult anyone. I'm just. I know. know. We I always know. wrestle it's, with that. It's women power. <laughs> it's women power because when we started the program too, we were a collaboration with Women's Philanthropy of uh, Jewish Federation, and and it's a great women. Thing. You know, women just. Um, and how many bags do you put together every Monday? Now we're up to 283 and growing. And that's why this event is so important to us. Um, and how many schools do you go to? We're now in three schools. So we, East Rock Community East Magnet. East Rock Community Magnet, Clinton Avenue. And our biggest is the Reginald Mayo School named that's after... That's the preschool on Goff Street. That's named right. after the beloved superintendent of New Haven. Who, if he's listening to this podcast, I hope that he'll come. <laughs> okay, so every week, 250 bags, and that's during the school year. Yeah. What do you do when school vacations are coming or summer vacation? I know there's a separate um, summer program. We, try to get, we do try and get them the bag before vacation. Uh, summertime, we do not deliver. There are other, there are other programs. There are other programs. Yes. a mobile pantry, then, yeah. and, and, you know, yeah, and we make the community aware of those. We wouldn't be able to deliver them to the kids. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't be able to But get you it said out you there. found out. Let's do this program. It turned out Community Connecticut Food Bank had a similar program. What was Connecticut oh, Food Bank doing? Um, they do similar, similarly. But not In fact, the same we co- I contacted them actually when yeah. when I first came back um, and when talking to Jonathan, I called them and um, we got a lot of information from them. We actually purchased some of our food through the Connecticut Food Bank. And they're and the, terrific. And this fundraiser is to raise money for the actual food. Yeah. How or, much do you need to raise for every year for this food? Well, f- for every child, um, it costs two hundred dollars um, to subsidize their meals throughout the school year. So we're really looking, you know, 
to uh, close to $60,000 that we need now per year. I'm but getting we, 200 times 250 would be 50. Well, right? we're up to 283 right oh, now 283. and growing. Um, so we're close to 300. Um, well, I'm, for instance, the Mayo School has 500 children there. It's a Head right. Start program. And we've been told that really 90%, if not more, are in need. Right. So, so you can't give them to goal. everyone so, then. So, we that, can, we can't. so how do you decide who gets the bag and who doesn't? The school does. The school, yeah. the social workers, the school does. Yeah. Wow. I mean, they, they, they assess. But, but you, know, you know, getting back to the, um, the food bank, um, the, Conne- the Connecticut Food Bank, like we, um, you know, we're contributing, but we're really just touching the tip of the iceberg. I mean, you know, the need is so much greater. So like Debbie says, you know, we're serving now about 135 children at the Mayo School. But basically what they're telling us that every child in that school, close to 500, really need this supplemental food. And it's funny, this this hunger thing is so interesting. And, you know, we always knew there was hunger. Yeah. But for some reason, I was hearing more about it in the schools over the last five years or so. I don't know why mm-hmm. that is. If there's been an inc- has there been an increase yeah. or just an increase awareness? I think I, I think awareness. I, and what I are the too. roots of it? Why are so many kids going without meals in New Haven? Well, because we hear a lot about um, you know the recovery from the Great Recession um, from several years ago, two thousand eight, and yeah. and there really has been a recovery for those uh, in the on the upper um, income scale. You know, for folks who are, um, you know, f- folks of color um, and folks who are in the bottom 30% of the, you know, of wage distribution, there's been no recovery. Wage stagnation um, is the rule. Um, wages have gone down, actually. Um, right, employment has stamps, not. You can't, I mean, every politician who tries to eat on food stamps for a week, for a month, I've, realizes I've done that it. after a few days, you yeah. can't really eat, can't eat a vegetable. You can't. You can't. Um, you go hungry and get cranky. So you talk about the, you know, the consequences of this. And, and we actually have, you know, we, we do um, collect outcome measures at the end of every year. So what have you and, found? And what we find is that with this program, we see improvements reported by the teachers in, uh, in attention, um, in test scores, um, big improvements in attendance, Especially on Fridays, on Fridays yes, yeah, yeah that's <laughs> but um, true. Um, you know, improved reading scores. So I mean, the you know the 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 benefits are you know are obvious. You know, it just kind of breaks my heart because we brought up our kids and we think do they have the right balance? Like if you give them too much fruit juice, is that too much sugar? Is we you know yeah. a granola bar which gives you energy and protein? You think okay, is that more like a candy or more like a fruit? And we have this privilege of we're eating too much. And there's so many people right in our community yeah. who just aren't getting an equal chance of life. But because they just don't get the basics of food, but thanks to you guys, they are. And you're yeah. hearing about that on High Haven, a program about everything Jewish in our community on WNHH Radio, your home for community radio at 103.5 FM, live streamed at newhavenindependent.org. We're talking to Deborah Epstein, who runs a program called Food for Kids, out of Jewish Family Services, which is run by Jonathan Garfinkel, who's also here. And uh, they have a big event coming up this coming Thursday, November 9th. At the beautiful Larico Tower is a great place to have a party. Starting at six thirty, and it's going to be honoring State Senator Ted Kennedy Malachi. Max Camfer writes in such an amazing program. Little boost from uh, the uh, from my canter. Jewish Family Services. So what's? Can we say where to register? Oh yeah, how do you how do you register for this? You go to the JFS homepage, which is jfsnh.org. And from there, you can follow. It's very e- easy to register online. Mm-hmm. And we hope that 
everyone can come. If not, please donate whatever you can. The funds are really greatly appreciated. And what about volunteers for putting the bags together? We can always use volunteers to help pack the bags. Thursday's delivery, we're in great need of people to help deliver. Mm-hmm. And so tell me about the Jewish part of this. Oh, what? Or you can call the uh, office, 203-389-5599, and ask to speak to Rachel Skolnick-Dobin. She's mm-hmm. our staff person. Is that the Rachel Skolnick, the rabbi's daughter who it, went to school? Yep, yes, She was a student of mine at Macomb, the Jewish high school, like <laughs> a million is, years she's, ago. She's terrific. We'll say hi. All these she kids are grown terrific. up. Yes, all right. she's yeah. all grown up. <laughs> oh, well, she was kind of back then, too. But anyway, so tell me about Jewish family services. Why is this Jewish? What is Jewish about this? The, and, and there is hunger in the Jewish community. I remember I, you have a separate program that uh, when my kids were little, we did some of the deliveries uh-huh. where you bring food to Jewish people in our community who don't have right. a lot of money and who are shut in right. every week. Right. What? But yet you're also reaching out beyond the Jewish community right. here. Why right. is this a Jewish program? Well, it's, 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 it's Jewish because it represents Jewish values. And, you know, what, no matter what, um, you know... Uh, you know, ethnicity, what religion, the child and the family, you know, in this, you know, who are benefiting from this program practice, um, you know, our role and what Jewish Family Services mission is essentially all about is um, it's, in, it's serving the Jewish community and serving the wider community. And, um, and, and it's serving, you know, the, the Jewish values, um, you know, that we hold so dear which basically is, you know, reaching out to and providing, you know, help and support to the most vulnerable, most at risk, the most disadvantaged and disenfranchised people in our community. Now, sometimes there's this myth that that doesn't exist in the Jewish community. We, we know that's not true. Absolutely. To what extent do you see the needs in the Jewish community? Can you quantify them at all? And in what ways is Jewish Family Services meeting those needs? Well, I mean, I mean we know that... Um, you know, all of those needs exist in the Jewish community. And, 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 you know, sometimes they're more hidden because there is shame. You know, there is... Is that true? There like is Jewish, Shanda. you're not supposed to be poor? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, and, and we actually created a program specifically to address that. Tell me about um, that. What's that program called? Well, this is actually a program that um, is coordinated um, by Rachel Skolnick-Dobin. She, um, she's the coordinator of our Social Work Outreach Services Program, SOS. Mm. And this is a program that was created um, in response to around the same time um, at, uh, at, you know, of that the um, economic downturn began in 2010, um, you know, we were getting reports that there were a lot of Jews in the community who, you know, the people who used to contribute to our food pantry were now unemployed, and we were starting to see wow. them as recipients in our food pantry. Wow. So, um, and, 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 and many more um, hidden cases such as, you know, such like that. So, um, so, this program, you know, with some backing from, uh, you know, some community donors, um, we were able to work with the synagogues and with other Jewish agencies in the organization um, to kind of, you know, to do outreach and to help the people who were so hidden in the community, the Jews in the community who were so hidden, but were in dire need of all of these, you know, basic needs. Well, Jonathan, how did you come to this work? You said you've been nine years at JFS. Yeah, Where yeah. did you grow up? I grew up in Teaneck, New Jersey. All right. Yeah. So, and, um, and what brought you here, this job? Um, 
This, well, I, I mean, I did my graduate work at Yale, so what, this was kind, already, kind, I had my heart here. What kind of um, graduate work? I have a clinical um, uh, psychology uh, PhD um, from the Yale psychology department. Um, so, And did you practice psychology for a while? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, for a long time, but and I got into the JFS biz. And I don't think anyone really knows that. <laughs> but in other words, in other words you, you gave up a lot of money to make that career shift. I sure did. Why did you do that? Because, um, you know, I mean, I was always made to be a psychologist. I think I was born to be a psychologist. I was drawn to it. I love it. Um, and I loved every minute, um, you know, of, of doing clinical work. Um, but uh, I also saw that, you know, a comprehensive social service agency like Jewish Family Service offers an opportunity to help people along so many other dimensions of need. We're talking about one of them today. We're talking about, you know, food insecurity. Um, we do so much at JFS. You know, we serve so many different kinds of populations. How many people do you serve a year? Um, we serve um, about 8,500 people. Um, in one way or another, um, each and in year. In addition to food, is clothing correct? Um, or you don't do clothing? We do so well. We 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 actually, you know, that's not really um, what you know, else an area that we food? do. Oh, you? but we do. I mean, we we have specialized programming for the seniors in the community. Um, we do things as as disparate as as, as adoption and foster care work. Um, we that's have right, a Holocaust that, yeah. survivor program. Um, we run a lot of volunteer programs. Um, I mean, we really have about 30 distinct programs okay. that help people. I mean, we help people just to, you know, to case manage their lives. We help people to get governmental benefits. So, you know, you know, the clinical psychology offered me the opportunity to help people in one way. Does it work? Here, we take a holistic approach. Being and that's a trained what, psychologist, professor psychologist, yeah. does that affect how you manage a social service organization? Is there something you're able to do as the boss of a social service agency with incredible pressures every day, never enough to make, meet the needs, people who have yeah. difficult problems you have to figure out every day. Is there any advantage you've gotten that you've seen in managing an organization like well, that with your background? Um, sure. I mean, it helps in every walk of life. But, but, but that's part of what we do also. I mean, we have a mental health and counseling um, unit also. We have a, an adult mental health clinic, a child mental health clinic. Um, you know, so um, you know, so we have clinicians who actually do the clinical work also. All right, so you can oversee. So it that, also yeah. gives me, yeah, the opportunity. Now, to, did something to happen in your that. life specifically that made you decide to make this change, this career change? <laughs> I feel like I'm on your couch yeah, now. Yeah. Um, Is there uh, an event? Or he may something? resign and go uh, back to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I think I think just the. The, just the desire to be able to touch people. In, but I mean, uh, sometimes in people's lives, like something happens, something happened to someone they knew and they said, I got to change my life to do this or something happened in the national world, an election or something said, now I'm going to focus on this. There wasn't any kind of moment where you said, I'm going to do something different for this reason and that's how. Um, you know what? I think, I think it's just about, I, I, don't, I don't think I had a eureka moment, um, but I think uh, it was just this gnawing desire to serve people um, you know, serve the community in as comprehensive and holistic a way. Well, as we're lucky that you do. And in the final moments, I was wondering if Deborah Epstein, you could tell us a little bit more about this event on Thursday, November 9th at Larico Towers on Crown Street to raise money for this terrific program, Food for Kids. What's going to happen besides a well, speech from Ted Kennedy? First, let me, I, it's important to 
to mention that the event is sponsored uh, sponsored um, by and our, our big donor for the evening is Hunger Relief and Development, yes. HRAD. Yes. They have um, been just so generous to us. This is the third year that we've been doing this event. Um, the Larico Tower has donated the space most generously to oh, us. Nice. Yeah. Yes, extremely generous again for the third year. Um, so the cost to us, you know, we really, it's pure But are we going to, are people going to nosh? They're going to dance? Yeah, they're going to oh, sing? No, no, no dancing. That would be, uh, we're going to have food. Very able Dinner. caterer. Yes. Good. Yes. Abel's very good. nice. Right yes, caterer. they are yep. very nice. Kosher, yeah. We have Peter Olin has donated his services to us for photography. Mm-hmm. We have a young uh kid from West Hartford who has made a wonderful video that we're going to be premiering. Um, we have, um, what else? Oh, some music. Ken Kramer and his band, The Jazzmen, are oh, going to be go. playing. Okay, this is going to be a night to remember. Yeah, yeah, All it's right. going to be fab- fabulous. Uh, wine, it. beer, um, yeah. seltzer and for And all those for a great cause, which <laughs> is and to a help great cause. this fantastic program yeah, you and, run. And, but more importantly, we're honoring uh, State Senator Ted Kennedy Now, why Ted Kennedy? Um, yeah, I know he's big on lead paint, but... Pardon? I know no, no. lead paint is poisoning is one of his he, biggest. He's actually been a real champion, a champion of you know fighting for the um you know for uh, dietary improvements. Okay. In, he has in a farm to school legis- uh, farm to table school fresh food vegetables mm-hmm. oh, to excellent. school right. legislation. Right. And he's just real all about education, children, family, and we just thought he'd be a really good person to honor. Okay, well, let's let's remind people once before saying goodbye Thursday. November 9th, six, starting 6.30, the event not to be missed this season, Larico Tower, 216 Crown Street, a fundraising event with starring uh, Ted Kennedy with music and food for uh, to support Food for Kids. Food Jewish for Kids food, New Haven. Which helps uh, get backpacks every week to, uh, to almost 300 kids in New Haven schools who otherwise wouldn't be eating some meals that weekend. Yeah. You can register at jfsnhh.org, or you could just Google Jewish Family Services uh, in JF- jfsnh.org and um, so thanks for joining us on, thank you so uh, much yeah, thanks for coming in thanks Deborah so Epstein. much thanks Jonathan Garfield thank really you. nice to meet both of you it's nice great. to meet you and, too um, thank you for your time we're going to take a little break and then be back after the break with a little uh, change of pace Charlie Widmer is back a man you might be hearing opera one weekend on the green and singing R&B the next at Cafe 9 he has a new album out we're going to hear about that uh, thanks to Yellow Haven Hospital for providing support for today's program Give us a five-minute break. Chill out to the Afro-Semitic experience. They're performing I Wish I Knew How It Feel to Be Free from the group CD, A Plea for Peace, because you know we know what it's like to be free. We just got to remember to book our flight, which you could always do on WNHH, your home for community radio. (laughs) 